0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, coming to you from Atlanta. And this is a very special podcast. It's the beginning of a rollout of interviews with all of our 2020 award winners Defensive Players of the Year, Coaches of the Year, Players of the Year that we'll be bringing you over the next several months. So we're excited great chance to talk to some wonderful people, and we're excited that you're joining us. Our first one today will be the Women's Defensive Player of the Year, Dee Dee Richards from Baylor. This week's Trophy Life is presented by Aprio, a premier CPA-led business advisory firm headquartered here in Atlanta. Aprio tabulates and certifies the Naismith Awards voting annually, and we certainly appreciate their efforts in helping us tabulate and announce all of the Naismith Award winners time for this week's news and notes and on this Wednesday the Atlanta tip-off club has announced the winners of the inaugural 2020 Jersey Mike's Naismith High School Basketball Courage Award. Sophomores LeRae Paul of Holland High School in Holland, Michigan and Michael Bouchain of Bay High School in Bay Village, Ohio are our two Courage Award winners. Now both of these young people have amazing backstories. And I want you to go to our website and learn more about these two amazing young people. Uh, we have videos of their stories on our Naismith website at NaismithAwards.com, and you can check it out for yourself. But uh, two incredible stories. Le-Re, uh at 2010, when she was six years old, immigrated to the United States as part of a United Nations asylum program. She was born in a refugee camp, faced adversity, raised by her 14-year-old sister, Adopted here in the United States, and uh, just a great story, and what a wonderful leader uh, she has turned out to be for her basketball team. And then Michael's story, uh, he suffers from a rare genetic disorder called Mowat-Wilson syndrome. Parents will explain, coaches will explain. It's all on the website. And two incredibly gifted young people are uh, awarded the Naismith Courage Award winners for 2020. A Trophy Life is brought to you by Citizen Watch, proud sponsor of the Citizen Naismith Player of the Year Awards. Citizen Eco Drive watches are powered by light and never need a battery. Visit us at CitizenWatch.com. Citizen, better starts now. Now let's begin our interviews with our 2020 Naismith Award winners, and we begin with an incredible young lady down at Baylor, Dee Dee Richards. Of course, a major part of the Bears championship team a year ago and as a junior getting ready to lead her club into title defense and, of course, the NCAA tournament that was canceled. She's our Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award. And one stat that jumped out at me about Dee, which is so incredible, the people that she guarded throughout the season had a composite field goal percentage of 26%. Tough to get a shot off against Dee, and tough to make one. Baylor, of course, was 28-2. and two. They finished number three in the final AP poll. They were going for their second consecutive NCAA championship. Here's my chat with Didi Dee Dee Richards of Baylor. It's a thrill to have Didi Dee Dee Richards join us from Baylor. Our congratulations to Dee, Dee as the Naismith 2020 Defensive Player of the Year. And DeeDee Dee joins us on the podcast. Didi, Dee Dee, welcome and congratulations. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, this has been such a weird time for all of us, whether we're in basketball, sports of any kind, our country, uh, with what we're going through. But, I, you know, for you guys as players, uh, this just was stunning. Uh, to see everything come to a halt like it did. Before we talk about you and your year and, and all of this, tell us what, what it's been like over these past few weeks.
1: Um, It's been life-changing, really testing, I think. I think now's the time where you kind of change your life around for the better. I mean, you have time to yourself, so everyone always says self-love is the best love. So it's giving everyone time to um, figure out something new about themselves and love themselves a little bit.
0: And, you know, you're coming off a national championship. You want to get back to the Final Four. It looks like you all, South Carolina, you know, the top teams, it looks like you're on a collision course, uh, Oregon, to get right back there and do it one more time. And everybody, like, uh, it didn't happen. Um, it's so sad. I mean, the men too, uh, just with the chance that Bay- the Baylor men had uh, in the tournament. I mean, it's just, it's confounding. Don't know quite how to sort it out.
1: Right. It's definitely, it was definitely um, shocking. I mean, to see the, you, um, your team playing well, you know, peaking around the right time, which is March Madness, and then kind of to get it yanked away from you in the blink of an eye was kind of crazy, but it's something that, you know, we were gonna have to build because so at the end of the day, our health is more important and the world's health is more important than playing in the tournament. So I think it was a great I mean it was a measure that had to be taken at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Now I take it that you all had made it to Kansas City to get ready for the Big Twelve when, when everything was shut down, right?
1: Actually we were on the runway leaving Waco whenever it oh, wow. um, oh, wow. got shut shut down. So we were about to take off and um Moki got on the intercon and was like, y'all, we're going to wait 30 minutes. um is in a meeting right now, trying to figure out if they're going to even continue the tournament. So we sat on the plane for like 30 minutes waiting, and then finally we got a call, and he said that the um, the Big toe tournament was going to be canceled. So we got off the plane, and everyone was crying, and that was kind of when it all started kind of settling in that there's a possibility that the tournament might not even be played.
0: Uh. I can't imagine what what uh, what a crazy time. Well, let's talk about your season because it was a great one for your team. Uh, just having uh a, another run at a champ, potential championship was out there for you all. Uh but to win the defensive player of the year, um uh, this has been an award um uh, that for you uh seems natural because you have been a wonderful defensive player. Uh, from high school and right up to uh, your year, three years so far at at Baylor, uh, and a lot of players, Dee, Dee defense is something that uh, they kind of are forced to do rather than like to do. But you've embraced it right from the start. Tell us the backstory with your dad.
1: Um, so I really didn't want to play basketball for one. I think I'm I'm really girly, so that was the last thing I wanted to play. And my dad just got tired of me kind of sitting around the house. He was kind of like, is that a football or basketball? And I was like, no, not football. And so he put me in basketball, and um, instead of me actually shooting a ball for the first like, two to three weeks, I was just in a parking lot, beating him to a spot. And so he put some cones down and dribbled to a cone and told me to beat him to the cone. And if I didn't beat him, then he'd run me over. And he'd be like, well, that's a block. Like, you're going to eventually fall out. So if I get five blocks and I have to run around the parking lot and so he made me come back, that's kind of how it – kind of started with
0: me playing defense and you have used that defensive basis uh, as the cornerstone for your career because you've always been a player that gets a lot of steals Uh, your assist to turnover ratio this past year was among the best in the country Uh, and year by year you have gotten better and uh, I just think that is such a great thing uh, to watch a player just improve like you have and you're doing it on a very, very good team. Uh, It must feel good uh, to be such a key component of a team that ends up winning the vast majority of its games and has another chance at a national championship.
1: Thank you. Yes. I mean, yes, it definitely feels good. I mean, it's definitely taking a toll to go from, you know, high school being the score to now trying to figure out what role I'm going to play on a team that's so good. So once I found out that defense was something that they needed, I was like, well, then that's, that's easy. I could do that. I've been doing it since the beginning. So that's kind of how I took it.
0: Didi, who was your toughest opponent? Who was the player that was maybe the, the toughest challenge, hardest to guard?
1: Um, I This year or in my career? Or
0: Either. Because I know you matched up with Sabrina last year in the tournament.
1: Right. Um, I really, in my career, probably a Um, She just was, was a big body that I wasn't really used to guarding, and she was also fast. So she did well at using her body against me, and I'm sorry that I can't make up for the lack of body that I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what do you... What did you do uh, to work on your defense uh, during the season? I mean, a lot of it, obviously, with your background comes naturally, but uh, the great players work on all facets of their game all the time. Tell us a little bit about what you did to to be such a great defensive player. Was a lot of film work involved?
1: Um, Definitely. I, liked, I love watching film. So, like, whoever I'm going to play, I'm usually always watching what they do, like tendencies they have. Um, I'm definitely a um, film guru. Like, I love – seeing what my opponent does and knowing what they do. Um, multi always is good about saying it, and Brock is always good about saying it. So I really – that goes into the coaches, too. They're good about preparing me on scouting reports and scout team. So I kind of really have a lot of help from the coaches during the scout and before the game.
0: We learned last year, as uh, Baylor made its run to the championship, that uh, your future might include that uh, your modeling career. Is that still uppermost in your mind?
1: Yes, sir. That's definitely still the first thing. Um, modeling, I really want to. So whenever I get a chance, it's going to be like the first thing I do.
0: And how do you think this experience of playing basketball at such a high level in college will help you in that regard?
1: Um, I think it'll give me, you know, some, I don't even know. I think I'm always a competitor. So I think being a court will help me and, you know, photo shoots or something, say I'm going against someone trying to get a spot or trying to be, you know, the face of something, and I have to beat out the person in front of me. I'm always going to take it to heart, I guess. I mean, I don't understand. I don't think it'll um really correlate, but I think I'll do good And you know, whatever I decide to do after basketball.
0: Well, the one thing I might suggest to you is that uh, having to do so many interviews uh, and being such a public figure uh, certainly in, in Waco and, and the conference and across the country, when your games are on uh, nationally televised on ESPN, etc. Uh, gives you an advantage that I think a lot of young ladies would th- be thrilled to have. And that is your poise and your composure uh, beh- in front of a camera. Uh, this is a tremendous asset to you going forward. You're right. Yes, sir. Well, we thank you so much, DeeDee. Dee. We're, we're so proud of you. And uh, we're, from all of us here at, at the Naismith Awards, we thank you for your time today. And, and once again, we we send our congratulations to you and wish you nothing but the best in the future.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Dee, Dee. It was sure a pleasure chatting with her. Hope you enjoyed that, the first of our Naismith Award winner interviews here on the podcast. Earlier, we referenced the inaugural Jersey Mike's Naismith Courage Award winners, and we have a link embedded here into the podcast that you can click on. We have videos prepared for our winners. Tremendous backstory. I encourage you to click on it. There's a link embedded here in the podcast. Go. It'll take you to the Naismith YouTube channel, and you can check them both out and meet uh, Le-Ray and Michael and hear about their incredible stories. That's uh, something I urge you to do because they are two amazing young people. That's going to do it for this week. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast. It really helps us, lets us know first and foremost that you're enjoying this, and it gets us a chance to spread the word to other college basketball fans about these great young people, great players and coaches uh, in the college and in this week's edition, the high school game, uh, that we can share more and more about their stories. Now, next week, we got a real special interview lined up for you. We begin to talk to the coaches And the Warner-Ladder Men's Coach of the Year, of course, is Anthony Grant from Dayton. What an amazing season for the Flyers. And a guy who, of course, played at Dayton, taking his alma mater right to the top, certainly on track to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament this year, headed to the A-10 tournament when everything came to a screeching halt. And you'll really enjoy hearing from Anthony Grant. That's next week on a Trophy Life podcast. So, for all of us, we thank you and we'll see you next week. Bob Rathbun from Atlanta saying solemn.